What makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning? They do my laundry the way I like it. The wonderful customer service. Personal quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that I ask for, and it's always done. They do good work. I just love Rose Cleaners. Very excellent customer service, and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here. They've got friendly employees when you walk in, and um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years. Rose Cleaners, serving San Antonio for over 20 years. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's Word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888 That's P.O. Box 18888 San Antonio, Texas 78218 Hi, I'm Eric Galindo Training Director for the FSI Training School For individuals and businesses we offer certification courses in CPR and First Aid through the American Heart Association and also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Sophie Dollar. Are we on now? Are we on? Yes, sir. We are on the uh, air. This is John. Well, two of us. Is, two of us are here on yes, the air. Yes, and Sophie will be here. I'm guessing shortly. Uh, but I do want to say no, this you, is your normal height. This is your permanent guest host, uh, Jacob. Now he'll be here in his normal uh, height, not shortly. Uh huh. Well, as you say, <laughs> did you, John? Do you have any idea what sections of the Bible we're doing this evening? Well, you were on Genesis last week. That's right. And that's the beginning, of course. Of course, yes. So we're continuing the beginning. The beginning. Be- begin. Well, that's the best place to start. It is. And we're going to do chapters 10 through 22, which is a lot to cover. We're going to, there's things like Hagar and the Akedah. That's the word the Jews use for offering of uh, Isaac up on the mountain, you know. By the way, did you know that we have a phone number that people can call in and talk about things? Hmm, I'm familiar with that. Yes. Uh, may I remind you? Oh, go right ahead. Sir, it's 210-340-9585. And the reason I'm giving that out early is because I'm hoping we get a call. <laughs> At any rate. And the phone's across the room. 
And, well, the phone's across the room, sure. That's like, when, <laughs> hey, I got a question for you. We went to this uh, uh, seminar over the weekend. This, the the same people that do bar or that matter. Biblical archaeology review. Right. Okay. And uh, they had some. They had a continental breakfast, and that consisted of many times bagels. So I was talking to these couple of people at the bagel counter, you might say, that they were giving away as part of the seminar. Mm. And it said, if you, uh, and I said, you know, if a gull fi- flies over a sea, it's a seagull. If a gull flies over a bay, what is it? A bagel. It's a bagel. Hey, guess what? Guess who just entered the room? Uh, it, no, I, I think... Uh, I think Soapy Dollar is now in the room, folks. And tonight we're going to have our second permanent guest host, Soapy Dollar. He's a guest host on his own show. (laughs) (laughs) And I will hand it over to him. Thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you, Jacob, for getting us started tonight. Sorry, Mm -hmm. folks. Just a little late. Boy, I am tired, Jacob. You've been uh, after it all week as well. Had a long, long week and a long, long morning. I appreciate uh, John sitting in for me. As we get the program started tonight, are you ready to get into our second? This is actually just our second reading of the year? Yes. Wow. Actually, you know what's fascinating is the, the, the Jews have a yearly cycle. And, of course, it begins right after uh, the holidays that ended a while back. And they're in Genesis right now. So it's fascinating that we're just, we're a little off, but we're just coinciding with exactly where the Jews all over the world read the Bible. And I didn't do that on purpose, Jacob. That, that, that's always been astounding to me because you've mentioned that to me a number of times. Well, it's God. It's a God thing. It's a God thing. It really is. Well, we covered this past week Genesis 21 through 36 uh, in our regular reading program, in our reading um Actually, Sophie, I don't think that's right. Uh, what, we're further ahead than that? No, we're further behind than that. Oh, really? Yeah, I think we're at 10 through 22. All right. All right. Uh, and if that's the case, we get to talk about Hagar, the Akeda. Do you know what the Akeda is? No, I don't. The Akeda, isn't that an, an insect? <laughs> No, <laughs> no, that's a Katie did. Katie did, okay. Uh, but no, the Akeda is what you call the, the so-called offering, misquoted as the sacrifice of Isaac. But we can talk about that. We can talk about Hagar. Now, Hagar is especially interesting. And that's in chapters from 10 to 22. I'm learning that. that you, I, I never knew uh, Hagar has a far more expanded role in the... Well, and the things, the events of the, of the book of Genesis that I had thought, uh, she begins as a, a handmaiden of Sarah, and then uh, Sarah dies later, and, and Abraham ends up remarrying her, or, well, or, or marrying her after. What Sarah's does death? the name Hagar mean? Good question. Should we put that out there, or is that something you need like? to answer? Sure. Does anybody know? What the name Hagar means. And we have a phone number where people could call in. They will not get a present tonight, but they can enjoy pleasant conversation. You betcha. 340-9585. Uh-huh. And so Hagar, this will explain a lot when a person understands what the name Hagar means. Oh. Now, and it is true, the Jewish understanding is later on. She becomes uh, develops a new name because, as you know, a lot of people in the Bible need to be develop new names, right? 
Exactly. Right. Now, it wouldn't be like Princess, right? Hagar's mm, name. Like, no, Sarah's no, that name? would be Sarah. Sarah. The, Sarai the, is Princess. Abraham's first wife is yeah. Sarai. Actually, uh, did you know, if you look real, real, real closely, I mean really closely, did you know that Sarah was probably married before Abraham? <gasps> Whoa. Oh, my goodness. We're full of surprises, I tell you. Well, it's, it's actually in there, but it's a very interesting. But we can talk about that some other time because we're past that. All right. Well, I have our scheduled readings from Genesis chapter 21 through chapter 36. And how and fascinating is that? <laughs> it's a detail, right? And in Psalm 6 through 10 were our readings, our wisdom and worship segments that we are scheduled to read this past week. And I'll be letting you know as well, let's make sure we remember, Jacob, to let folks know what our reading schedule is for next week so that they can uh, be sure and read this coming week and stay up and read through the passages. And so next week you will have uh, read through yourself. Now, if you want, we're we're trying very hard to get our readings up on the Internet so that you can listen to them there, but I haven't uh, achieved it yet. This is proven to be much harder than I had thought. But you can read yourself the um, next readings from the end of Genesis. It's Genesis 36. I think on into uh, Exodus, right? Into the book of Exodus well, next week. Well, let me just take a look at the handy list here. That will be next week. Actually, it's Genesis 36 and ends at chapter 50 of Exodus. All right. We just finished up joking. the book of Genesis. Chapter 50 of Genesis. Uh, all right. We end up the book of, we finish the book of Genesis in this coming week. Actually, and then we do go into Exodus and that uh, we do the first four, five, six chapters. Okay. So we we do finish up Genesis and get a little well, bit into sure the book of Exodus. So, uh, but uh, you can give us a call if you'd like, 340-9585. And let me give you just a couple of questions from the Psalms. Um, in in Psalm chapter 6, we see an, ex, uh, an event or a situation where uh, David is punished by God. And David accepts God's punishment but he begs God not to discipline or to train the word train to discipline or train him uh, in a certain uh, temperament, in a certain uh, uh, attitude. Right. What David accepts God's punishment, but he begs God not to discipline him in uh, in what I guess is the word. And you can look at that. Look that up in Psalm chapter six. Verse one, the very in public verse. without clothes on. I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 wouldn't it? But anyway, it's close, close. Um, let's see here. Um, according to Psalm eight, who rules over the works of God's hands? Psalm chapter eight. I think you would like that question. That sounds like something that that you and the, and the Jewish mindset would like that question. I don't know why. Psalm 8, who rules over the works of God's hands? Uh, look at Psalm chapter 8, verse 6. Uh, and now from from the book of Genesis, uh, I, we've already given you one question was, what does um, Sarah, well, it's Sarah's handmaiden or servant. Now, was she Egyptian? She was Egyptian. She is Egyptian. Okay. Yes. So what, uh, Hagar, what does her name, Hagar, Mean actually, I, John's telling us we have a call that may have the answer. All right, we'll get to John in just a second. Uh, John, uh, our board operator, has a guest named John. He's not bored. He's very interested. <laughs> 
our board operator. That's funny. It's funny. I've never thought of that in all these years that he's our board operator. Uh, Okay. My parents were Abraham and Sarah. My name means laughter or he laughs. Who am I? That's another question you can uh, call in and answer for tonight if you'd like. Jacob, if you'd like to maybe pick out two or three other questions that we can put out. Let's go ahead on the the call-in line and pick up. Our first caller of the evening, his name is John, and John is not bored either, I hope. Good to talk with you, John. Are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. I hear you breathing. (laughs) Yeah, can you hear me? I hear you just fine, John. Thanks for calling in. Are you going to answer our question about Hagar, or do you have another thought on your mind tonight? No, I just didn't have your number, and I got it, and I was half asleep, and I got it, punched you in the phone, and you... You're in the answer. Give me the question. Give me the question. What is it? What is Hagar? Hagar is, uh, you know, uh, Sarah's handmaiden that she ends up. Yeah, she was an Egyptian. So what is what does the name Hagar mean? Uh, she's Egyptian, and it means. Uh, I hear sleigh bells in the background. He's thinking. Santa Claus is there. What does the John mean? do? You, do you know what Hagar means? No, I know. I know she was an Egyptian. She and, was uh, an Egyptian. That means. Uh, let's see if we can work this out together. Okay, go we'll for it. Concentrate. Uh, if she's Egyptian, she's not. Just spoke, yep. Go ahead. <laughs> this this is where you hear the question when I re- say it. Uh, so hold on. Um, if she's n- not, if she's Egyptian, then she's not what? She wasn't a Jew. That's right. She's not Jewish, and therefore... Her name means not Jewish. Almost. It means, Are you kidding? Listen, Soapy, we're all going to take this journey together. <laughs> all right. And the word ha in Hebrew means the. Ger means stranger. Her name ah, is the stranger, the stranger because she's not Jewish. The foreigner. So that's not her name, really. We're it's a nickname, to her right? As the stranger. Is it a nickname? Well, it's a description. Okay. Uh, and if if uh, Abraham wouldn't listen to the to his wife Sarah, we wouldn't be fighting the Arabs right now. You know that. Well, are you trying to blame this on Sarah? <laughs> yep, it's always the one's fault. You know that she just ate the apple and then gave for Adam part of it. Well, I'm going to yeah. give you, John. I'm going to give you another question. My parents were Abraham and Sarah. My, my names mean my name means laughter or he laughs. Who am I? Oh God! Just woke up and I knew I know all these answers. Just I know you know this. Abraham and Sarah had, uh, of course, remember they they didn't have a son at first, and, and as you yeah. pointed out, uh, Hagar uh, stepped in and became the. The substitute, the handmaiden, and she had a child named Ishmael. But then later, Sarah herself becomes pregnant at a very advanced age and has this child uh, that God had promised to them. His name is? I know what his name is. I just can't think of his doctor. Well, think of the formula. Abraham, uh-huh, and Abraham, uh-huh, and Jacob. <laughs> Abraham, eyes, 
Isaac. Ah, there oh, you he, go. We got it. How yeah, did yeah, he yeah. ever figure that one out? Yes, he got it. Oh, yeah. Just wake it up. Isaac. Well, well, you did get it. You, it was back in your... I know all these answers you taught me for so doggone long. It was down in the depths of your little brain there, but, but you had to just bring it out of the fog a little bit, John. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Appreciate you calling hey, you, in right out of the... By the you taught me for a long time. Oh, John. Well, we're proud of that, and I'm glad we've got the answer out of you. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, his name means laughter. Do you remember why he was called laughter? Uh, something about her dying, and he, the father named him. No. It means no, because she's an old lady. That's right. When God, yeah, God promised them yeah, they were going to have a child. baby. Right, not starting to wake up. Okay, he promised. Give me a hard that's right. He promised they were going to have a child, and and in her disbelief, she laughed. She said, ah, "Ha ha, that's yeah, funny. And, I'm and, not going to have it." God said, yeah. she said, I didn't laugh." He said, "Yes, you did laugh." <laughs> and he met the three guys that's coming hilarious. out. That's funny. That really is. He heard her laugh and brought it up to her later. John, thanks for calling in. Good to hear okay. from you. Okay, good seeing you again. All right, Bye-bye. you too, buddy. Go. <laughs> well, we got him to think in there, Jacob. We yeah. got his brain in gear and got him to uh, to answering questions, and he was thinking biblically. We're we're that's great. Well, John's called in. You can do the same thing. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. That's our local line, and we do have a couple of questions uh, from the Psalms out there. David accepted God's punishment in Psalm chapter six. This was a time when David. Uh, made a mistake, and and uh, he was being punished, and he begged God not to discipline him or train him in what frame of mind. Uh, look at Psalm chapter 6, verse 1. And then Psalm chapter 8, we're told who rules over the works of God's hands. Psalm 8 is a great psalm talking about the God of creation, uh, God who created the, the heavens and the earth and so so on, but then he also mentions that he has given the rule, uh, the the directorship of his works into someone's hands. Who is that? Psalm eight, verse six, and then Jacob has a couple of questions more. I, I have a, I have a one, I have a favorite story here in, oh, in well, these chapters of Genesis twenty-one, but it, it has to do with Abraham's servant, the one who is in charge. of of uh, Abraham had a servant who was in charge of all of his household. Abraham evidently was a fairly wealthy fellow, right? Uh, well, he seems to be, yeah. Uh, and he had. I a, think he built a lot of buildings and put his name on them. I don't know. That's a joke, you know, like other people we know these days. Uh, is that? I think that I, I know a man named Trump that did that, ah, but I didn't know Abraham did that. But he uh, he had a servant, a faithful servant, who uh, was in charge of all of his household. Uh-huh. He was sent out to find a wife for the aforementioned Isaac that we've already talked about. Uh, and I want you to tell me, folks, what was the name of this servant of Abraham who went out to find a wife for his master's son? That would be, uh, you can look in um, Genesis chapter 15, he's mentioned, and uh, in the passages we, we are assigned to read this week in Genesis chapter 24, what was the name of Abraham's oldest servant? Uh, I, he's one of my favorite characters. Uh, in the, He's just such an interesting individual. He doesn't seem to be selfish in, in any way, and he very selflessly but faithfully, loyally served his master and found a wife 
for his master's son. And in fact, uh, he's we see in him he's a type or an example of uh, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives today. As we we use him as an example in that sense. So uh, you can you can uh, if you can give us his name, give us a call three four zero ninety five eighty five. And you got a couple more, maybe? Well, I was interested in hearing the rest of the story. Oh, well, I can't tell it without giving the guy's name away. Oh, well, I was interested in how it ties into uh, the Holy Spirit idea. Well, that well because, you see, here, God's Son, the Messiah, uh-huh. uh, the Christ has come, uh-huh. and, and now the Holy Spirit is the one who is out. And he's bringing the bride, the Christ, the Christ, the followers of. He's the one Did who brings know, us to faith. Did you know in the uh, ancient uh, times, uh-huh. the bridegroom is sort of like a guy that grooms the horse uh-huh. as a groom. So he's not actually in our culture. We say that's the guy getting married, uh-huh. but not back then. The bridegroom is the guy that brings, and is and he brings it to the wedding. Somebody else marries him. You see. Is that right? Yeah, and you can verify that. That's funny. We call them. I've always wondered why we where well, the name. Well, it's just like a bro- from. Uh, from England, where you've got the groom that grooms a horse. He doesn't ride the horse; he grooms it. Kind of groom, trains, prepares uh-huh. the horse. So uh, you see, when you've got this great story, all uh, the bridegroom. Technically speaking, if we're using the old choice of words, it could come out that they're grooming the bride or taking the bride to the wedding to marry somebody else. So like this fellow we're talking about. If if you you know his name, he was Abraham's oldest servant. Uh Give us a call, uh, and we can talk a little bit more directly about him without giving away his his occupation before he became Abraham's servant? What was his occupation? Yeah, this is an interesting conversation. He, he was, uh, he was um, let me see, I would, dun, 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 he dun, was a financial dun, advisor ding. for uh, a large brokerage firm. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I don't know. Well, you might, you might, you might have something. That's, was I close? No, oh, but uh, you might have something. All right. Um, it, uh, actually, you know what he was? Uh, yeah. How do you guys know all this stuff? Well, it's because we actually read the Bible. <laughs> Uh, good one, good one. Well, I believe it. I really do. Um, uh, the things that you share with us, they are new to me, but you seem to always find a passage, and I look at it, and I go, oh, you're right. There it is, right there in the Bible. Uh, you know, listen, I got a great quote for you. Okay. And I'm adapting this from somebody else, but you know, sometimes I heard this, I've used it recently, and I'm going to use it again tonight. Okay, why not? If a person believes there's a God, or there might be a God, and they believe the Bible is from God, or the Bible might, might be, be from, from God, God, then why would you not want to read it? Because if there is, or you think there might be, then you should want to read it. <laughs> That's, I like that. I like that a lot. I remember, well, yeah, I remember you. The thing is, I'm going to, and I've recently come to this conclusion from discussing with others. I, you know, the pur- purpose of a preacher, a pastor, a rabbi, a priest, is not to tell you about all about God, but to teach you so you know as much as he does. And that's the idea. The only way you're going to know if some religious leader is really telling you the truth or not is if you know the truth. Oh, my lands. You are really, um, you've, you've, you've said some brilliant and important things there. That's, that's true. And we, I'd like to take credit for them, but I'm just repeating We've them. got to get into this old book, folks. We've got to get back to this old book. Uh, Jacob and I both attended uh, the 
biblical archaeological research uh, yeah, program. Yeah, we went to the bar. Week. To the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to tell my wife. I, I went to the uh, bar. This week. No, but uh, I didn't get down there as nearly as I, much as I had wanted. But Jacob, will go, with some of our listeners, was able to go and listen to many of the lectures and uh Goodness, uh, this, even the, the evening that I spent, the, I, it just made me realize how much, how beautiful this book, this old book is, how powerful it is. Uh, very, very instructive, right? Very edifying, the uh, the time down there. You yeah, heard a lot of lectures. they approach everything from an archaeology point of view. And I hear music. Does that mean that we're going to be listening to music and hearing commercials? That means that our first segment, our first 30-minute segment uh-huh. is gone in the uh, can, as they say. And you can give us a call if you'd like and join us for the second, uh, this next hour coming up, 340-9585. And we're looking for someone who knows the name of this servant of Abraham who went out and found a bride yeah, for his son. Yeah, or call in about Isaac. anything. There's so many good things in Genesis. I want you to call. meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist. Pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. Our ministry depends a lot on our computers. And whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to the laptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563. 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. Well, Elizabeth and I went to Express Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to work, we had got our oil done before. It could take us two hours. The service was very friendly. You can really trust them. They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. I didn't very expect nice. to receive that kind of service. And their name is their game. Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store. And with 23 stores, there's an Express Lube near you. Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning processes? Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets. Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century, 831-3535. Hi, this is John MacArthur, Bible teacher on Grace to You. What's the biggest mistake when it comes to how we think about the Bible these days? Is it that we take Scripture too seriously or not seriously enough? Uh, I believe God's Word deserves and demands deep, careful thought and intensive study. I invite you to join me weekday mornings at 9.30 here on The Word in South Texas, AM 630 KSLR. Grace to You, unleashing God's truth one verse at a time. Like me, 
This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. We are back. We are back. 340-9585. That's our call-in line if you'd like to answer any of our questions this evening. We've gotten into an interesting discussion about um, this person named uh, Hagar. We have asked the question, does anyone know the meaning of the name? We've already given that out, right, We have. The stranger. The stranger or the foreigner. So we know, as we're reading this, that's not really her name. It's a nickname, uh, the foreigner, well, the stranger, nickname, something sure. like that, I guess, would call her. Or, or maybe if it's a female, she's a naked name. I don't could know. it be derogatory? Would it, would, no, would you no, it? just saying stranger to who? Stranger to the Jews. She's okay. not part of them. Okay, all right. But she later becomes part of them. Right. So uh, or we could ask, what was her name? What name do we know her by later on in the book of Genesis? Maybe that would be a good question as well. That's a good question. You she think does. we should ask it? A lot of folks don't know how. I, I know I didn't know this. Um, I know I didn't know this. That how she figures into the story later on into the life of Abraham as well. So you can, uh, we do know her real name, and it means uh, her deeds are like incense. Uh, I have learned from Jacob, by the way. Uh, and uh, you could give us a call if you'd like and tell us what was the uh, the real name that we come to know her by later on in the book of Genesis. Do you have uh, you have some other questions, Mark? Well, Jacob? I, uh, I was thinking we could do a little discussion and maybe brush up with one of your questions on this. You know? Okay. Uh, which is your number... Uh uh, let's look at your number 10. I, I noticed one of the questions tonight. I knew that you wouldn't like it. Which uh, one is that? Number 10. <laughs> the yeah. one you just chose. Yeah. You do not like that question. I well, know you don't. I'm, I'm a stickler for honesty and, and accuracy. Yeah. And because of that, I probably don't care for it. Okay, we can, we can talk about this. We can. Because this we is can. very... A very popular idea, I know, uh, at, and, at least among yes. at least among Christian pastors and well, sermons. It's you know, it, nobody in the Jewish world thinks of him this way. Uh, I could say, well, they would look at possibly some of the deeds and say this is very questionable, ambiguous at best. All right, let me read the question. Well, okay. My name means heel catcher. Doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that. You're, go you're, ahead, go ahead, go it, ahead. It does not mean that. It does not. Okay, my name means heel catcher. That's what we've heard or understood, uh-huh. or figuratively deceiver. Oh boy, does it not mean that? But go ahead, go okay. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> How about as a mama's boy? Was oh, he? Oh, it does not mean that. But go ahead, go no, ahead. No, it doesn't mean. But was he a mama's boy? Is that even? Yeah. Okay. As a, well, he seemed obvious. to be a favorite of his mother. Uh, anyway, as a mama's boy, I use manipulation. <laughs> and trickery to double my inheritance and become titular head of the family. But God used troubles and difficulties in life to teach me to trust in him. Who am I? And the name there reminds me of someone else I know um, very well here on the radio program. So Uh, uh, who am I? Guest host? (laughs) <laughs> Could be. That's what his name means. I would that be funny if his name in in uh, Hebrew meant guest host. That would be funny. That would be funny. My name means heel catcher or figuratively deceiver. As a mama's boy, I, I used manipulation and trickery 
to double my inheritance and become titular head of the family. But God Sheesh. used God used troubles and difficulties in life to teach me to trust in him. Who am I? Who is this person we're talking about? Give us a call, 340-9585. Somebody call on here. Let's talk about this because we got to get this thing cleared up. Jacob, he wants to straighten this up. Uh, All right, 340-9585. Let's go to another question. Okay, you want another one? Yes. Okay. I have another one. How about an easy question? Well, okay. I know one that you you and I will have difficulty with, but which is an easy question. The answer is not so easy. Okay, we'll okay. argue. Will we argue about it? No, no. We'll All just right. you'll concede, and I'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Business as usual. Okay, here we go. All right. I'm just playing with you. Yeah, sure you are. Well, <laughs> what question are we talking about? Uh, <laughs> number. I'm going to be obstinate and, and difficult okay. just to spite number you. Number twenty-four, and you're going to tell right. me it's not twenty-four; it's twenty-two. So uh, it's it twenty-four. Is twenty-four. It's twenty-four. So we're going to argue about the number. In it's Genesis 24. chapter thirty-two. In Genesis chapter 32, ah. Jacob's name, uh, this uh, is not talking about our co-host here, uh, uh, was changed uh, yeah. to Israel, uh, yeah. which means... Remember, oh, we, we talked about this two weeks ago. I know, ago. we talked about it a long time ago. I don't know why this keeps coming up, but That's, is it important? It's I guess it's important. Because we right? need to get this clear, Okay, my dear Soapy. All right, well, Jacob, uh, which okay. means... Okay, if you feel like, but, you know. Okay. okay, all right, okay. I think I know the answer to that one by now, so we can talk about it. Let's okay. see. Okay. Now there's one more. Let me give let me give another question sure. um, that's interesting to me, and, and it, it it it's something that just happens here in the book of Genesis, chapter thirty-five. It sort of happens, and it happens quickly, and it's over with. We don't get it. We it doesn't get much of a mention, but later on, it has a very significant uh, impact. It, it figures in and has uh, has a very uh, well, it has, it has consequences. When Why did Jacob's oldest son, name, his name was Reuben, why did he lose his birthright, meaning a double inheritance and leadership of the clan? Uh, why did he lose the, the right to be the titular head of the clan? And you can find that. You like that word, don't you? So you're using titular head. Lots of, que- uh, lots of questions. Yeah. Genesis chapter 35, verse 22 why did Jacob's oldest son, Reuben, lose <clears throat> the birthright and the leadership of the clan? Okay, Genesis thirty-five twenty-two. If you know the answer to that, give us a call, 340-9585. Let's go quickly to our phone line and pick up. <clears throat> Tammy is calling in. Tammy, how are you this evening? Great. Thanks very much. Tammy attended the uh, the B- Biblical Archaeological uh, Society uh, sessions. Many of them. She went to the bar as well. <laughs> that's that's beginning to be Jacob's favorite joke of the evening, that, that we went to the bar. And uh, you got to hear also, along with Jacob, a lot of the different lectures and, and stories. And, and um, I'm kind of wanting to ask just right off the top, Kind of what your general uh, experience was, what your general feelings about the things that you heard and saw. I mean, did you agree with everything or were the things said that, hmm, I don't know about that. Uh, I didn't get a chance to ask you the evening that, uh, last evening. Maybe you could, would you mind telling us a little bit about your general impressions? 
it was it was very scholarly. Uh, it was an honor and a privilege to be able to attend. There were a lot of things that I learned that I had <laughs> no idea about. Um, these the the scholars are just they're just they're just fantastic. I mean, they've their whole lives re, revolve around. Um, delving into the the archaeology and the the texts and the the study of of the Bible, it's, it it was pretty remarkable. Some some we some I liked better than others, and some uh-huh. were more fascinating, of course, than others. But um, learned a lot from from many of them. What what would maybe one uh, kind of the more one of the more impressive. Uh thoughts or ideas or, or facts that you learned that you you didn't know before and you grabbed it and said, oh, that's it. What, do you, what was the one that kind of the, maybe the takeaway, the one most important takeaway that in your mind? You know, one of the, one of the speakers said, and I thought this was really profound, he said that many people study about, for instance, if you had a French historian and he was an expert in all things French, uh, but he could not speak the language, nor had he ever been been to France, (laughs) you would think that was a little odd. Yes. So, so this gentleman has, has lived in Israel or is not living there now, but had lived in Israel for 16 years. And he said he found that it was difficult to conceive of, uh, be, you know, to be an expert about the land and the people and the culture and the text that's going on without having lived there, without being in the midst of it. And I thought that was pretty profound. It really is. Um, so I think he had a little bit different take than perhaps some of the others. Huh? Was he I a Jewish? That, uh, was this the Jewish fellow that we? Uh, I really enjoyed. There was a one of the scholars was a Jewish fellow. Uh, what was his name? He's kind of Portence. Portence. But what, what did they what call him? What was his last name? I forgot. Uh, they call him Portence is his Portence is his last name, but Buzzalot. The same oh, guy that they call him Buzzy because he's got the same name of the guy that was picked to build the ark in the Bible, Buzziel. Oh, Buzziel, and they call him Buzzy. I liked him a lot. It was, it was so funny. Boy, wasn't it funny, Soapy? When the guy Soapy was was all at the dinner, it was a question and answer thing. And Soapy's referring. He calls up this guy because he was a real scholar at reading, particularly their talk. language and text, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And he was a scholar on the, the language on the reputed ossuary that was found that maybe contained the bones of James. James, who would be the uh, half-brother of Jesus and a leader in the early church. See, we got this down. Oh, yeah. And anyway, so it was so funny because this guy gets up there and this, this other archaeologist said, well, I don't believe it. I don't even talk about it. He gets up there and he says, well, I tell you, me and this other person are the greatest experts in the world on it. And the other person said, if it's not real, I quit. <laughs> so it was really, it was really funny. Yeah, it was. He was very direct and very straightforward, and uh, 
uh, Buzzy was. A very interesting scholar. So the the takeaway there was uh, something I guess, Tammy, we've been saying for a good while is that for us as believers, I, I guess I came to this conclusion or uh, this idea uh, maybe 10 years ago that without a reference to the Hebrew language, Hebrew traditions, Hebrew scholars, Hebrew history, how are we really going to come to understand this book, the Bible? I mean, I'm not saying we can't come to understand who Jesus was and come to know the Lord and walk with the Lord and experience the Lord. But how can we dig deeper into the scriptures and get deep into their true meaning and significance and uh, kind of go further in and higher up with the Lord without some understanding of that, that Hebrew background? Of well, course, may I interject and kind of return to something? I know that please do. the one you're talking about, the gentleman was called up during a dinner. Yeah, that was a great guy. He's very entertaining. And during his class, somebody said, well, let me ask you, sir, do you think the Assyrians thought they were righteous people and doing good stuff? And he just looked at the guy and he said, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but that's not the guy Tammy's referring to. Well, he looks old enough to have been there, actually, yeah, yeah. but he wasn't. he wasn't. But Tammy, is, the guy you're referring to, what was the name of his class? Do you recall? No, I'm sorry. I, I'm terrible with... Well, it wasn't about Jesus if and I saw, the land. If I saw the schedule, I could tell you. Yeah, Jesus and the Land, I think, was the name of his course, his topic. Uh, oh, uh, that sounds intriguing. Uh, uh, it sounds like a topic that you would have selected, Jacob. Yes, I think it was, actually. Jesus actually. and the Land. Yeah. All right. Well, In well, the I, Land. If you want to share anything about any more of your insights or thoughts or experiences, Tammy, feel free. But uh, I'm not sure that's why you called in. So what, I'll let you <laughs> well, All right, she <laughs> called in to do something. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? I did. I did. I did. I wanted to. I wanted to. To well, two things. I really called to answer the question about the. I and I don't like the question either about the the deceiver because he's not a deceiver, really. All he's right, not a deceiver. Um, but that is a popular but, notion, isn't it? I mean, among I think among Christian preachers I, and I teachers. Think, yeah, I think even Tam would agree. We must accept it's a popular. Notion, but it's wrong. Uh, uh, it op- the operative word is notion. Okay. Yeah, I. I Are you there? Going back to to Hebrew roots, um, I mean, I started learning Hebrew roots back in maybe two thousand four. So it's been been twelve years since I've been learning about the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith, and. Um, it, it puts a definitely different spin than, I guess, mainstream Christianity, you might say. The popular notion. But it, it, <laughs> the popular it, it's notion. definitely broadened my horizons. Um, but, but Yaakov, or Jacob, is the, the answer to that question. Exactly. And then you were asking another question and I, I believe the the answer to the question about what's Hagar's other name is is Keturah, is it not? You got it exactly right. We come to know her later <laughs> in the uh, text, later in the uh, story. Uh, she uh, ends up, actually, Abraham marries her. After, he does. After yes. Sarah's death, uh, Abraham marries Keturah. And, and I wanted to stress... This came up once uh, a few weeks ago with someplace else I was 
I was talking with somebody, and they said, look in Genesis, it doesn't really say that. Well, it may not. It's there, the Jews understand it. But if you look at the comparison and the explanation in Chronicles, it makes it very clear. All right. Well, we can, if someone wants to know about that, and, and maybe you can give us that passage in the Chronicles. And uh, they can maybe look I it up could if I knew it off the top of my head. If you know. knew it off the top of your head. There's not much on the top of your head there. To, well, well, I'm getting that. easier for God to keep track of. <laughs> That's right. Well, you got it exactly right, Tammy. You've cleared up a couple of things for us. Maybe we can talk a little bit now about why it is just a popular notion but incorrect that Jacob was a deceiver. That just that is just so we understand that so clearly. I don't it, it and I know it's not only just preachers and uh pastors that teach. I know in seminary uh, the, the 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 Hebrew background of the name is given and the idea of and we see in his birth that it does say that uh, that Jacob is born uh uh he's he's born second but he comes out holding or grabbing the heel of his of his older brother. Uh, his older brother's name is uh, Esau, and we we come to know both of these guys very well. There's a there's a whole story wrapped around their relationship with each other. It forms a a big part of the narrative here, and uh, so he Thank grabs you. his brother's heel. So we get the idea of heel catcher, and, and then we get the idea that he robbed or stole the birthright from his brother. He tricked his brother into. But that's not. But that's not true because he didn't he didn't rob it. No, no, he, he didn't rob it. But he seems, Esau Esau gave it up. Uh, that's it was, true. It was worthless to him. That that's exactly right. Was, I understand that. And it that, was that, no significance. That we can see in the text. That is very clear. That to, to Esau gave it no great importance and no great value, whereas uh, Jacob or as you, uh, Jacob did, and and that's of course on that we can agree. But it's just the name idea, deceiver, heel catcher, uh, and and so on. That notion uh, is, um, it, I, I suppose, in that in that scene in that light, it's it's not a huge terrible error uh, because we still think of Jacob as a, a patriarch of the faith, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob. And in the, in the he came, he comes into the lineage of faith. <laughs> The ancestry of faith, but uh, but it's just that name um, that's a bit of, bit of a complication. How important do you consider this to be, Jacob? Well, what I consider extremely important is is the accuracy, because there's one thing I was just looking up as you were saying, and I'm sorry, I'll pause for a second. Uh-huh. Because what's happening is we must remember: if Jacob is a deceiver, then God is a deceiver. Because aye, aye, aye. yeah. That's right. That's how wrong this is. So accuracy is important because what we're going to learn is we learn what we at least come to an understanding of what God is. We, nobody can know him. But this is our limited exposure to him. How does it follow that if Jacob because was a deceiver, God, God is a deceiver? told the mother, you have two babies. Oh, that's right. It was God saying, this is what's going to happen. So if indeed Jacob is a deceiver, then God's a deceiver too. Now that's how harsh you <laughs> ought to think of this. Well, God, that is a factor, uh, Tammy. Uh, that's something that we often forget when we read the story of Abraham and Sarah and Abraham and Isaac and then 
uh, of course, Isaac marries uh, this young lady that the hand, the servant of Abraham goes out and finds. And can you clear that up for us? What is the name of the servant of Abraham? Eliezer. Eliezer. Exactly right. Ta-da. Tammy is asking, answering all kinds of questions, getting it cleared up for us. Eliezer goes out, and he's kind of a picture uh, in the New Testament, uh, kind of a picture of the the Holy Spirit who goes out to find you know the bride of Christ, bring to bring uh, bring us to faith in Messiah and so on. And so it's he's come to be known as kind of a type of or an example of the Holy Spirit. But the whole but Eliezer goes back to his uh, people. Uh, Back uh, up uh, in north of Israel, he goes back uh, and finds this young lady uh, named, and her name is what, Tammy? <laughs> well, I've got you on the line. Oh, Rebecca. 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 He finds Rebecca, and he brings her to be Isaac's wife, and they have these two sons, uh, Jacob and Esau, and uh, and they all figure this is all about the the lineage of faith, the ancestry of faith from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob's name is changed to Israel, which we'll talk about that name change. I know uh, our, our Jacob here in the studio is wants to wax eloquent on that one as well. It's an important uh, name change. We've talked about it a number of times as well. And that leads us on into the uh, foundation, the uh, founding of the people of Israel, the, God's people. And he gives the laws of God to, to them at Mount Sinai and so on. And we just, we just follow the, the story of how God brings them about and uh, through them I, course, I found the passing soapy okay through them eventually brings into the world the messiah the redeemer and so on so we've got the I mean, it's all a beautiful beautiful incredible tapestry uh, uh that we can follow i like that word tapestry. So, yeah well the people have seen it that way that god weaves this beautiful tapestry of truth for us what where is this in in the it's, in uh, the uh, chronicles in 25 23 what chronicles first or second no no i'm talking about where uh, we're talking about oh. where god tells her that jacob's going to get it the oh the, yeah well that's where we started we often re- we often forget that detail that uh, Rebecca knows all of this. Rebecca and knew. God's the one that said it. Right. So, so how in the world? And I know that sounds harsh. What I said. And I listen. In all fairness. Okay. I don't want to demean. I know it's a common notion, as you said, but I don't want to demean people that have that notion because so many times, if people don't read it, they don't study. They only know what somebody else told them. What harpens back to what I was saying. How are you going to know if the guy's telling you it's right or not if you don't know? Well, the word Jacob uh-huh. either means heel catcher or deceiver. I mean, this is not really an interpretive type mistake. It's in the terms of his character. Well, it never says he was a deceiver. But the can't. word, but the what does the word Jacob? No, mean? Jacob comes from Yaakov, uh-huh. and the word for heel is Yaakov. It's a play on words. You had one letter. It's Yaakov. It's Jacob. So heel catcher is uh, and there's no somewhat doubt correct. That he catches the heel of his older brother. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. You're 100 percent right. Now think of it like this, and we'll begin to understand what this is really trying. As I would suggest, and you know, and nobody should really believe me. I mean, perhaps somebody else got a different notion. Perhaps you should listen to them. Perhaps they're right. I, I believe in like a jury. Let's let the jury hear okay. everything well, and make their own decision. They will, for sure. So uh, here's what's happening. If you think of it like this, you see Jacob, Yaakov, he's why he's sort of running. He's running from who? From Esau. 
and he's uh, running. And when you're running, what and running hard, what part of your foot plants on the earth first? Your heel. Okay. Now, but when his name gets changed to Israel, which actually means champion of God, uh, he turns on his heel. Now he no longer runs. That's what this idea is supposed to be trying to convey. He is Jacob because he runs. He's Yaakov. But what happens is the whole event is taking place. But God said, uh, may I read the one sentence? Sure. Uh-huh. One verse. It's 25, 23. And God said to her, and he's talking to Rebecca, two nations are in your womb, two regimes from your insides ha- shall be separated. The might shall pass from one regime to the other, and the elder shall serve the younger. And that's 25, 23. So God is telling Rebecca what's going to happen. It's part of God's plan. So, well, let me read that in the, just just so the, uh-huh. folks from the uh, New Living Translation. That'd be fine because I'm reading it from the Hebrew translation. Yeah. And the Lord told her, "The sons in your womb will become two nations. From the very beginning, the two nations will be rivals. One nation will be stronger than the other, and your older son will serve your younger." It says one nation will be stronger than the other, and I assume then that means that the nation that descends from uh, from the younger. Because it says your older son will serve your younger son. Is that accurate? Well, no, I, I was letting you read it. I, I didn't know you were making an editorial interlope. Oh, uh, oh I, was just, I just want It says one nation will be stronger than the other. Is uh, that yeah. part of your passage as well? Well, yes. And, uh, and let's say that there's a fair uh, interpretation. Could that mean that one will turn out to be the Arabs and have all the oil and the most population today? Or does it mean that spiritually in Israel, I don't know. But whatever you'd like. It sounds like the the younger son is going to be stronger than okay. the other. All right, if you right. like, sure. Okay, okay, go for it then. What? That's. I just wanted to read it in the in the sure in this version. Uh, yeah. So Rebecca knows all this, and and I does Rebecca ever tell uh, Isaac? <laughs> I wonder. No, no. That's the interesting thing. She in the story, as we know from the story, she does not. Tell her husband. Hey, this is very interesting. I know music's coming on. Can we review, review, continue this when we come we back? We certainly can. Thank you, Tammy, for calling in. Do you want to stay with us and add, an, and add another something or other? Or you can stay with us through the break if you'd like. Okay. Thank All right. you so much. Hang on, then. Hang on. Don't go away. We'll be right back, folks, with more from the Bible Live Quiz Show. Give us a call if you'd like. 340-9585. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. joining us the bible live quiz show we've read through our reading schedule for this past week has been all from the book 
of Genesis. We are just beginning our 16th year through the scriptures. So I hope that you'll join with us in reading this coming week. Our scripture reading will come from uh, what were the passages again from Genesis chapter 36 yes, through 50, 50, 50 through 50. Yeah. So we'll finish up the book of Genesis this coming week. Hope that you'll join us in that uh, reading. The last chapters from chapter 20, I mean, from chapter 36 through 50 of the book of Genesis. And we'll go on into the book of Exodus, the four chapters or so into the book of Exodus. And you can uh, read those chapters with us. Uh, and um, join with us on the weekend. We discuss them. Now, we're right now into a discussion of the person of um, Jacob, this Jacob. son of Isaac, uh-huh. the second son, actually. He's the younger son of Isaac and, and Rebekah. Uh-huh. And uh, the popular notion that you know his name means deceiver or heel catcher. Uh, we, the heel catcher is, is probably uh, more accurate, but the idea of a deceiver uh, Jacob here are in the studio, our friend Jacob, is, uh, and the Jewish uh, understanding of this passage uh, doesn't agree with that idea of a deceiver because if Jacob is a deceiver, then the idea is that, well, God is a deceiver because he's the one who tells us about the entire plan before beforehand. Rebecca knows up front before the children are even born that the older brother is going to serve the younger. I wonder if that has to do, anything to do with the fact that uh, Jacob, the younger of the of the two uh, uh-huh. twins, uh-huh. becomes her favorite son, and the older uh, Esau, in, in some way, is seen as the favorite of of his dad, of of Isaac. Is that a true perception that we have? Well, yeah. So you're a hundred percent right. But I, I'd also like to suggest that it has to do with the idea uh-huh. that the Bible was teaching, and the Jews understand that this is not a passed down inheritance thing, always going to the elder. It goes to the person that carries the most merit, the most ability. Because you, 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 a moment ago, you asked a question about even Reuben. And he was the firstborn, but he gave it up, right? Right. Well, it's because they were trying to teach that, look, this doesn't go to somebody just because they're the firstborn. It goes to the person that demonstrates the merit, the ability. Now, there's one thing I do want to point out. When we talk about a double portion going to somebody, okay, let me explain. That doesn't mean that he's getting twice as much as anybody else. He's getting the same amount. Now, why do they say double portion? It's because of this. If I'm spending all my time as the administrator of the tribe or the clan, then I don't have as much time. About half my time is devoted to making my own living. So I get... I don't just earn what I'm getting. I get the double portion, which brings me equal with everybody else because I'm spending my time being the administrator, the leader. Of I the see. Tribe. I understand. Well, they still do get a double portion. They, technically, that you would can, still be. You can, but it's important to understand that okay. it comes out equal. All right. The, no. the background of uh, it. Okay. But yeah, so what you got is, and remember, and you're right, he does catch us on to uh, Esau's heel. All right. Now, and then later on, Esau, as we're going to leave, and I'm going to leave some of the story out of this because it's it's fascinating, interesting, but I'm going to leave it out for I a second. I think what you object to and what the, the Hebrew perspective objects to, it sounds to me, and by the way, Tammy is still on the line with us. Uh, Tammy, are you there with us still? I've got her uh, here. I don't know if she's still. Is she still uh, I hope she is. down? Or? Uh, no, she's not down. I've got her. If she, if she joins us, she'll uh, let us know, I believe. Hello. Maybe Hello? not. She may not be there any longer. Um, I think maybe, uh, maybe I lost her whenever I, I did hear that. Something, Tammy, are you there? 
I guess not. I guess not. Well, well, let me um, I'll push that just in case to make sure. Hello? Hello, Tammy, Tammy. are you there with us? All right. Well, then, uh, the, the point is that... Um, uh, what was the point? I would just <laughs> okay. Is, it's it's this. So when Esau comes back, just to help the understanding, and I know you know uh-huh, this. Uh-huh. Okay, so Esau, he's coming back, and he goes out, and he likes. He says, "I really, really like to go hunting. I like to go killing wild animals, and uh-huh. bring some meals home." So anyway, we know he goes out to do some hunting. He comes back, and he sees Jacob. Making and a lot of Bibles will say red pottage, red porridge, red something. Well, in, technically, it's what you and I would call lentils. Uh-huh. And technically, technically, traditionally, that's a dish of mourning. So we must stop. We must ask ourselves, why a dish of mourning? Who just died? And we find the answer at the last of the preceding chapter. Who was it? So it we, was Abraham, ah, the, his grandfather. His grandfather, the father of Isaac, has died. He's fixing a meal of mourning for his parents. That's the kind of guy Jacob is. And so you see, to call him a deceiver is just such a ridicule, especially when God said, this is the way it's going to go. Uh-huh. And this guy comes back, and the reason he sells him the birthright, why didn't he sell him, I'll give you my clothes, I'll give you my horses? Why, why birthright? Because he couldn't have cared less about where he came from, the tradition from Abraham, the teaching. It's he's giving up exactly what mattered, not a horse. And right, so, but l- and, and let me emphasize the importance of that is because the entire identity of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, they're, they're the most important thing this family has going for them is this promise from his God, exactly. the true and living God, the, 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 the only true and living God. They reject all of these uh, pantheon of gods from the Canaanites and others and, the, and, and from the Babylonians, and they are the people of the one true God, monotheistic. And the one true and living God, the creator of everything. And that is the distinguishing fact. That is that is the most important distinguishing mark of the lineage of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the lineage of faith. And here in here in this in this simple story here, we see this older brother Esau doesn't value that at all. He doesn't care about that. It's not important to him. He uh, well, yeah, sure. I don't care about that. And uh, and I'll take the beans. You know, give me the beans, and I'm just hungry. And so, in a way, we see that Jacob does value the things of God, or or at least at some level, he does. Now, I think as we follow his story, uh, as we follow on after this, it, it, the story of his life, he grows in that understanding of of the God of Abraham, his his grandfather. Well, we know in the next chapter what God says directly to Jacob. In the next chapter, uh-huh. so the, uh, certainly there is a, a process going on, and he but, but and he learns some but, lessons. But what's important to understand is for him to be a deceiver of Esau, uh, there had to be some All shenanigan right. going on. And the truth is, the Esau was neither defrauded nor was he duped. <laughs> duped or tricked. Yes. But he was angry. He he Yes, because people who are crooks always are angry when they get taken advantage of. That's how they deal with their lives. Now we do learn at the end of this chapter something special about Esau. He had three wives from places the Hittites, idol worshippers, and he had three homes. 
he didn't have a home like everybody else, and he wasn't really a shepherd, a person that cared for things. He had homes, he had wives from the Hittites, etc. In fact, Rebecca comes back and says, I just hate, my life is worthless because of Esau because he's married these idol worshipers. Uh -huh. It wasn't that they were from another kind of people. If they were people that followed like Eleazar, because Eleazar, as you were talking uh -huh. about, he's not a Jew. But he is a follower of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, monotheism. He's totally acceptable, even though he's not Jewish. The other guy, this guy, Esau, he's not. He, he's letting his home be total idol worshipers. He doesn't really care about the birthright. This is why when he comes and he asks for this part of this, to eat the food that's being prepared for his parents in their mourning state, and they and. This is why, for the first time, what's his name, uh, Jacob says, well, then sell me your birthright. Because do you see what the transaction is? You don't care. If you care so little about your parents and our grandfather, well, then what's your birthright to you? And the guy says, well, if I'm going to die, what's my birthright worth? So he says he was that hungry. He was not. That's the point. OK. He's not that hungry. He just didn't care. In fact, the word that he's using in the Hebrew is hey red stuff he's actually like he's not even referring to what it actually is he's just calling it stuff and he go and if you look he says he gulps it down like a what an animal like a dog uh -huh. so the point is this guy jacob cannot be a deceiver first of all god said what's supposed to happen and then when this guy comes back and says i want that he didn't even care and so he gave it up and therefore, God's mission was fulfilled, as said to Rebekah. And then in the next chapter, uh, in chapter 26, I believe it is, we learn something fascinating about Jacob. And I'll tell you what it is. Would you like to know? Sure, yeah. yeah let's go for that. And, and I am still curious about, in that, in that particular scenario that you're laying out for us uh -huh, here, uh -huh. I don't quite understand then why Jacob, I mean, why Esau is so angry at his brother. It, 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 and it seems everybody else seems to understand. Jacob seems to kind of understand why he would right. be angry at him. Right. He never goes, well, why are you mad at me? I didn't do anything. But they, everyone seems to kind of get, does Esau kind of uh, come to regret that decision? As he, uh, does he, either because of the loss of the birthright or because maybe uh, he knows he's done the wrong thing, and he's ashamed I, of it. I don't. Or? I don't catch any repentance in the story. No, uh, by Esau. But he is upset at his brother for he some is reason, because right? Because he suddenly realizes when he goes to get the so-called blessing from Isaac, Yitzhak. Ah, uh, that's right. I lost the fortune. Oh, wait a minute. I, you know, I said I wanted to give it up, but I didn't think I'm going to give up my money here. I see. Okay. Well, that explains that. Make because uh, if it were all just sort of something he didn't value at all, and uh, but later on he comes to value. But it, mainly, it's the the money that he's lost. I don't see any repentance in the yeah. story. No, I'm not no he still that. doesn't value the faith. Right. And, and doesn't. That, doesn't that kind of highlight what we've been saying all along that the 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 lineage, the ancestry of of Israel, in a sense, is not a lineage, a physical, biological lineage. That's not no. the emphasis. It's Judy, a lineage of faith. Yes, there is a geneolo genealogical line, for sure. Uh -huh. But that's not the religion. Uh -huh. The religion is Judaism. Judaism, now think about that word Judaism. For it to be a Judaism, what in the world is it that Judah believed? That's what you got to look at. 
And indeed, that belief is the religion. And that does not follow uh, genetic lines or genealogical lines. It follows what you personal, your personal decisions it's are. It's a descendancy of faith, a so, an ancestry uh, of faith, it, a lineage be, of faith. It, it yeah, okay, anybody great. in the world. Yeah. That's it's the religion. Well, I'm that's how we see Rahab, uh, the harlot, or or, or Ruth, or, Ruth yeah. or others uh, throughout the lineage. Yeah. They are they are brought into sure. the lineage and, and uh, because of faith. Sure. Yeah, excellent. Uh, well, you were going to go into another. Well, passage. I was going to read this too because in the next chapter we really learn. In this next chapter, we really learn what is really fulfilling what God said to Rebecca. And what's happening with Jacob. May I read? Yes, please. 26 5. 26.5 uh, of Genesis. It says, now this is God talking. And remember he said the, the what's going to happen to Rebecca. It has become fulfilled. Uh-huh. And now we're going to read 26.5. And let's look at what it says. It says, because Abraham obeyed my voice, uh-huh. observed my safeguards, my commandments, my decrees, and my Torahs. Now, if, I don't know, how, would you like to read it from your version? I will do this, he says, well, before through your descendants all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And he's talking uh, mm-hmm. about Abraham here. He says, I will do this because Abraham listened to me and obeyed my requirements, my commands, decrees, and instructions. Okay. Well, and the word instructions, that's actually instructions or directions. That's actually what the word Torah means. Okay. So it's the same. So what's happening is, but there's something very interesting in that verse. Look at what it says. So we know that Abraham did it. So Abraham knew something. Now Jacob knows something. Well, the context here is that God is telling Isaac... Uh-huh. Not to go down to Egypt. Uh-huh. But a look severe at, look famine. Look what he says. Okay. He observed. He followed. He did my my safeguards, my commandments, my decrees. Now this is interesting, because as far as the casual pedestrian reader goes, you think that the very first time God's laws were given to people was in Exodus. At Sinai. But here it is that Abraham knew them. Now Jacob knows them. And he obeys them too. Now, so what we got, we have somewhere in this story that we're just casually passing over, we have the story that God's commandments were known by Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they obeyed them. Now, I would like to suggest that when they go down to, uh, in captivity in Egypt, which means Mitzrayim in English, uh-huh. and that means boundaries or limitations of what? Sin. So they have been so captured, so run down, they lear- they kind of forget the teachings. But they have to the be Torahs, brought, yeah, the, the laws, Torahs, the commands, uh-huh. so the instructions. They're brought, out of, they're brought out of Egypt, and God gives it to them again. But that Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, it's clear right here, and a couple other passages, by the way, that those fellows knew them and obeyed them. Now, that's fascinating. Well, it really is fascinating. It very, very much so. Uh, in chapter 26 of the book of Genesis, God is already beginning to deal with his people. He's already beginning to communicate to Abraham, to Isaac. He's beginning to communicate his commands, his, uh, his directions, his instructions for how they should live. 
And uh, Abraham listened to them and attended to God's commands, uh, and he is blessed. And the promise there in, in 26 is that uh, God is reminding now Isaac of that, right? Isaac is tempted to go down into Egypt because to escape from this famine in the land. And God tells him, do not go down to Egypt, uh, but stay here. Live as a foreigner in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. Ah, now pause right there. Look what you're saying. I did. I noticed it as well. Yes. Go ahead. Okay, I was going to say, of the three patriarchs, now Moses, we would assume, could be a patriarch, but he's not the patriarch. Moses is not. The only patriarchs is Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. But the out of the three, the only one that never left the geographic boundaries of Israel is, is Isaac. Isaac. Uh-huh. And yet, he said, they'd be a foreigner in your own land. Uh, that is kind of a prophecy because, you know, there have been many conquerors in Israel. Uh-huh. So, But Isaac never left the boundaries of Israel. Isn't That's true. that fascinating? That's true. It is, yes. Uh, and so he says, don't leave it because in any kind of repeats the promise that he's already given to Abraham uh, yes, that yes. I'm going to bless you and you'll be a blessing to the nations. He repeats that blessing or that uh, some would call that a covenant, right? They would. That, uh, yes. Uh, that's and what's the word in Hebrew for covenant? Yes, you're right again, Soap. It's Brit. And that means circumcision. Whoa. Oh, that's right. That's what the word. So, hey, I know we got another call, and I hate that we're going to okay, get sure. short on time. Here. Well, let's go and visit with, and uh, who is it who calling? Is it? Who's the caller? I believe it is Harold. Oh. Uh, Harold, thank you for joining us tonight on the Bible Life Program. We've kind of gotten carried away in our conversations here about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the lineage of faith, and so on. But uh, you have something on your mind. Maybe you want to answer one of our questions, or maybe you have a... Uh, just a comment or question of your own. Thanks for calling in. Mm-hmm. No, well, it's been a nice ride, you know. I, you know, I, um, and we didn't I appreciate charge you gas money. And we didn't even charge you ga- uh, gas money, Jacob said, <laughs> for the ride. <laughs> Glad you're with us. Yeah. What's up? I'll, okay, no, uh, I've been hearing what you said about Genesis and this and that, and I think what it's leading up to. I've I've been doing a whole lot of a. Uh, uh, thinking and studying, I guess you would say. But when I start talking in English, it's, that's when I lose everything, I guess the meaning of everything. It's supposed to be in Hebrew, Aramaic, or even Greek. Uh-huh. But anyway, we don't have time for that. But anyway, I, I'm thinking all, all these, everything that's upset is because of what I've learned uh, about Ecclesiastics. That whole book, from what I understand, doesn't really pertain to the afterlife or doesn't believe in an afterlife. And I mean, and there is a reference from Genesis 37, 35 that goes from there. Uh, Ecclesiastics 9, chapter 9, verse 4, and I'll read it out of your Bible, Sophie. Okay. Okay. Um, it, it, it's easier for me sometimes. There, There is hope only for the living as... They say it's better to be a live dog than a dead lion. The living at least know they will die, but the dead know nothing. They have no further reward, nor are they remembered. And it goes on and on. And then just a little bit after that, it says, eat, drink, and be merry. And and my, my research shows it says that seven times in the book of uh, Ecclesiastics. So um, I think that's that's what's happening there. That you know, 
When you're gone, you're gone. That's it. Thirty-seven. What in Genesis? Genesis thirty-seven, thirty-five. Thirty-five. Okay. This is when uh, uh, I'm looking at it myself. What? Jacob tore his clothes and dressed himself in burlap. He mourned deeply for in his son. Yeah. He mourned deeply for his son for a long time. His family all tried to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. I will go to my grave mourning for my son, he would say, and then he would weep. Now, which son of Jacob is he mourning here? Oh, oh we, they, they've just told him the story. Uh, they've told him, uh, well, they made up this story that Joseph had been killed, been eaten by well, I would lions, say right? anyone that died. You know, okay. anyone that died. All yeah. right. So, but but, but Jacob, uh, Jacob here is mourning the the death of his son, uh, supposedly the death of his son Joseph, right? Because that's it. It's over. There's nothing else, and he knows that. And uh, all the eating, drinking, and be merry is over for him. <laughs> and so you're making that's the a jump. bad. You're making the yes. jump then from this passage. Uh, you're referencing this passage. In the book of Ecclesiastes, you're saying is one, it's a, which is a book of uh, mourning, I believe, if I remember correctly. Ecclesiastes, well, uh, he's, he's certainly the depressed. preacher. Oh yeah, this is this is Solomon's uh, well, later. A, well, actually, it's, uh, the name in Hebrew is Kohelis, and that means collector. They okay. called Ecclesiastes, uh-huh. but he's a collector of saying. In fact, you read in the last chapter of Ecclesiastes, as I recall, I have searched the world and found all these great sayings. Uh-huh. All right. So the point, uh, and I, I appreciate you bringing this up, Harold, because this idea in the in the Jewish or the Hebrew perspective, so they didn't uh, they didn't have an expectation of the afterlife. Because I, I, I remember Job, an earlier book, he says, "If a man dies, shall he live again?" I mean, there is the question of we the got, afterlife. Well, we, so well the, I, that I, book also. That book uh, also, with my research, also shows that they don't believe in an as- uh The book is not written to believe in an afterlife also. Well, and Harold, regards to the, the yes, yeah. Harold, if that's the case, how do you handle, I think it's chapter 5 of Ecclesiastes, it says, dust to dust, spirit to spirit. Well, well, I guess the Lord will have to answer that one. Well, I'm <laughs> asking that's, Harold. Cause that's what a Christian would say. I'm sorry. You know, you know what I was going to say at the end of uh, Ecclesiastics. It actually ended with verse twelve. Verse thirteen was was added, so everybody can feel uh-huh. better. You know that the whole story is here and uh, here and now is my final. You know, uh-huh. uh, election. Okay. Fear God and obey. That the thirteen you're referring to, and I'm doing this strictly from memory. That occurs prior to twelve, and it's repeated again, and that is put in there because the Jews. By tradition, repeat that. That's true. But I think it's verse 10 or verse 11, and then it's 12, and then it's repeated again. Yeah, I think that yeah, you're correct. So the verse, the verse does appear, but earlier, uh, earlier, and then they repeat it again at the end of the book. Uh, I, I think well, I'm really enjoying myself. I think the show's great. If y'all wanted to finish up what you were discussing, that's fine. I'll call back next week if All everything right. works out. Good deal. Thank hey, you for calling. Th- thanks for calling, Harold. You brought and up Sophie, an important oh, sure. We got one. You minute. brought up an important point there, and and I, and I wanted to mention it, ask you about that, Jacob, as well. <laughs> that the idea of of death and the afterlife and and what. That is a developing notion. No, in, no, in the, the Jews always right? believed, in a, uh, from my understanding, Okay, and anybody can have their own opinion. I respect other people's opinions. 
But, of course, if you want to be right, you'd agree with me. <laughs> but the Jews always had right. the idea of an afterlife. Even the Sadducees, people say, oh, the Sadducees didn't believe in uh, life after death. That's not true. It says Sadducees did not believe in the physical That's the rest. joke. That's why they're so sad. Yeah, right. right. That's yeah. a joke. But, see, why would they do this if there's no afterlife? The reason that they believe that it has to do with no resurrection, a physical resurrection, but the afterlife was there. The spiritual in fact, resurrection. You will find that it's over and over and repeated in the Psalms over and over. I can't believe the, the time has gone by so quickly tonight. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for the Bible Live Quiz Show. Remember next week's passages, Genesis chapter 36 through 50, and on into the book of Exodus. I, I hope you'll join us. Bye bye. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The, the Bible, Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world.